It's time to support your favorite MLB superstars and let your voice be heard with the 2024 MLB All-Star Ballot presented by BuildSubmarines.com. Oh, what a shot. That's right. You get to help choose the starting lineups for the Midsummer Classic and decide who represents your team at the MLB All-Star Game presented by MasterCard this summer in Arlington. He makes the play. So make your picks today at MLB.com slash vote. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. And I am coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, it is oh so simple, Rocket can. I will be here with you for the next four hours. This is when I get started, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm being joined by super producer and host Dave Shepard, and I'm glad that I'm here with you. If you're not listening, there's no show. And so we're in this together. Yeah. Look, here's the situation. It's Wednesday night. Every single Wednesday night into Thursday morning here on CBS Sports Radio, I bring you a new top six list. We're going to do that two hours from now. I'm going to give you a top six list of athletes who are oh so easy to root for. I'm talking about superstars. Who are the best stars that, that just put their best foot forward on the field of play, but then also in society? That list is coming two hours from now. A matter of fact, later on this hour, talking about someone who did an excellent job uh, on the field of play, but also in society, Bernie Williams, New York Yankees legend, four-time World Series champion, Bernie Williams is going to join us. We're going to talk to Bernie in about 40 minutes from now. And I'm going to ask him about Aaron Judge, who, by the way, there will be no Aaron Judge home run tonight. The New York Yankees are currently beating up on Pittsburgh 14-2. They're trying to close out the game. They are in the top of the ninth. And Aaron Judge went homerless. He was subbed out of the game, so he doesn't have to play the field in this blowout. But he did go two for four with two doubles. And what a shock. It's, it's Aaron Judge. His batting average now stands at 317. His home runs still stand at 60. And his RBIs still stand at 128 in the New York Yankees game just went final 14 to 2. People might have to wait a little bit longer for Aaron Judge to tie that record of Maris at 61 and they may have to wait a little bit longer for him to go out there and break it but his bat is not slowing down. No home run tonight from Aaron Judge. He goes 2 for 4 and the Yankees they beat the Pirates 14 to 2. We'll ask Bernie about Aaron Judge. I want to talk to him about his situation playing center field. I want to ask Bernie his thoughts on Aaron Judge potentially moving on from the New York Yankees. So we have a lot to do outside of the top six, outside of Bernie Williams. It's talk of of Mayweather and McGregor, too. I don't know. Mayweather says, yeah, we're going to fight. McGregor says, not interested. Okay, whatever. Uh, Mike Evans. His suspension stands. Tom Brady is not thrilled or happy about that. And then I would say the biggest news that really came through the pipeline today, especially this afternoon, it was revealed and shared with all of us 
that Robert Sarver, he is currently the owner of the Phoenix Suns. He's soon to be the former owner of the Phoenix Suns. He put out a statement saying that he's going to sell the team. And that's exactly where we're going to start the show tonight. But before I do anything, before I utter another word or a few more, I got to ask Shep, how the hell are you doing, man? Shep, I'm doing great, man. Obviously, wonderful to have you in this New York City studios these last couple nights. I will say this. Yes. Did you just say Aaron Judge went only two for four with two doubles? What a disappointing night, huh? Yeah, he's he's only he's only batting right. five hundred over the past I don't know couple of weeks. Who does five hundred? Oh, he's what a disappointment. Well, he just wants to put baseball in a bad spot. That's all he wants to do. He's smart. Yeah, yeah. What what a terrible human being this guy is. What a what an awful baseball player. You know, I, I got messages last night. People saying, "Oh, well, there were other guys who were." just as big as Aaron Judge a long time ago. And, and uh, you know, I saw somebody say something about Dave Winfield. Aaron Judge outweighed Dave Winfield at his heaviest by about 50, 60 pounds. You know, you want to talk about uh, other guys. Aaron Judge is not a part-time infielder. This man is busting ass outfield. He is like a, a, a racehorse out there. And so we can start thinking about giant human beings. And, and I could think about Frank Thomas. And sure, yeah, he played inside. When he played football, he played a tight end. There hasn't been an athlete in Major League Baseball like Aaron Judge. There hasn't been a test case for us to say this is what it looked like for 10 years like Aaron Judge. And so we'll get into that. I'm going to ask Bernie about the, the defense and all of that good stuff. But I got to get to this Robert Sarver situation. He's gone. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about Robert Sarver. We know that last year, due to an article that was published, he was basically investigated for an entire year, starting in November. The NBA hired a law firm. They were like, hey, go find out about this guy. Because the article said that he was a whole jerk to work for. And you can put in other words if you want. He was all of that. Robert Sarver was running around on occasion, as occasion makes it sound better, using the N-word. When he had a coach and he had other individuals telling him, hey, you, you shouldn't use that word. Stop it. Robert Sarver would be disrespectful to the female employees that were a part of his organization. Robert Sarver would go around at team events and belittle and curse and, and play cruel jokes. This man is sophomoric. He was over here pulling down people's pants and shorts during an ice bucket challenge, if you remember that from a few years ago. So something is obviously missing in Robert Sarver. Part of it might be common sense. The other part of it is he's a nasty jerk. I don't think you amassed that type of wealth. Well, well, his dad was a banker and hotel developer, so maybe he fell into a little bit of money. But he has some type of sense, and he was a clown. And so all of this came out. And the NBA said, we are going to fine you $10 million. We're going to suspend you for a year. Take a hike. This was not a full Donald Sterling situation. He wasn't calling players, you know, the N-word. He wasn't calling guys out in that type of way. He wasn't recorded going nuclear. But it was very clear. For the almost 20 years that he has owned the Suns, he bought the team in 2004 for $400 million. 
that he has had a string of being a complete clown. And he doesn't need to own the team. And I took the position of, this is pretty bad if the precedent is set for the league to just remove him. It doesn't work that way. The owners have to remove him, and they're not going to do that because they have their own dirt. They don't want to set a precedent for them to be next. But the players spoke out. LeBron spoke out. Chris Paul spoke out. I mean, even Draymond Green, who sometimes says some wild things, he talked about this on his own Draymond Green show on Tuesday. He said the initial punishment wasn't right. Listen. I do think it's absolutely insane that Robert Sarver's just going to receive a one-year ban and $10 million fine and just return to the sidelines next year and return to the building next year. It actually goes against everything that the NBA stands for. The NBA stands for inclusion. The NBA stands for diversity. The NBA definitely stands against bigotry and racism. And I commend Adam Silver, our commissioner, and the entire staff at the league office for the stands that they have taken over the years. I don't think there's been any other organization or league that supports their players like the NBA supports us. But for everything that the NBA stands against and stand for, this report that came out last week is the total opposite of everything that the NBA stands for. And so to think that Someone like Robert Sarver that's acting in that manner can continue to represent us? That's You can't continue to represent way more people than yourself with those views, with speaking to people the way he did, with treating African-Americans and women the way he has. That's not okay. Well... Draymond Green spoke out, LeBron spoke out, Chris Paul spoke out. PayPal, who was in the final year of a contract with the Phoenix Suns, set and scheduled to pay them $3 million this season to put PayPal's logo on the Suns' jerseys. PayPal said, hey, if Robert Sarver comes back after this one-year suspension, we ain't coming back with our checkbook. There were minority owners of the Phoenix Suns who said, He needs to go. He needs to leave. And so the writing was on the wall. As we pulled up closer to training camp in a couple of weeks, were the players going to say we are not playing for Robert Sarver? That was a possibility. We know that there was plenty of jostling behind the scenes where other owners and players and corporate sponsors and even Adam Silver, who will not say it publicly, have pretty much said, hey, man, you got to go. Robert Sarver didn't agree with the initial punishment of $10 million and a one-year suspension. At least he stepped down sooner than later. And when I say step down, I mean, ugh, it's not a step down. He gets a golden parachute on the way out the door. I will explain. But before that, this is Robert Sarver's statement, which doesn't so much as, as take accountability for what he's done over the past almost 20 years, but kind of pushes out the blame as to why he has to exit his team. This is what he says. As a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I love and so many fans do. But here's where it gets funny. But in our current unforgiving climate, 
it has become painfully clear that that is no longer possible, that whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by the things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the sons and Mercury. Why couldn't you just say, I'm sorry, I'm going to learn from this lesson, try to do better. I'm going to give back to the community and I'm going to sell. Why you got to pass a little bit of the buck? Why do you have to tell everybody that the society is, is, is unforgiving? Where the hell were you? What about you being a jerk for 20 years? Yeah, you've admitted that you have done some of these things, other things you've denied doing. Who cares? You got a string of 20 years of being a jerk. Look in the mirror. Just look at yourself. What the hell are you passing a buck for? Robert Sarver is 60 years old. He's not a teenager. He's not learning life. He's not falling on his ass and getting back up. I'm sure he's had to fall down and get up, or maybe he hasn't because he's a, he's a rich kid's son. But come on now. Shut up and go away. And this is the part that stinks. And this is the part where owners need to take accountability and that I would also push players to do this for the future. Robert Sarver, as I told you, he bought the Suns for $400 million, 400 mil, from the Colangelos in 2004. The Phoenix Suns right now are worth approximately $2 billion. He has a little more than a third of the team. He's not going to walk away with all of the money. But he's going to walk away with a return on his investment, and he shouldn't. And sure, absolutely. Someone tweeted this to me today. Oh, he bought the team, and, and so it's his. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no blank, okay? We know he bought the team. It's his. But that doesn't change the morality of, of, of the situation. And I get the difference between morality and business. And most times they don't mesh. You got to choose one or you choose the other. But there should be no reason that a Jerry Richardson with the Carolina Panthers should be accused of sexual harassment and fostering uh, an uncomfortable environment, and then he sells, and he makes his money. There should be no reason that a Donald Sterling could talk about don't bring black people to my games and call people all types of names and then sell the Clippers for a profit. There's no reason for that. Somebody, namely the players, if they can, somebody has to have some balls about the situation and say, yes, we'd get it. You own the team. You paid for it. But there's a higher standard for you. If you can't treat your employees with dignity and respect, if you can't be a bully, if you can't stop being a bully, if you can't treat people like humans, then screw your investment. You should be held to the highest standard. Everybody makes mistakes. 20 years is not a mistake. Daniel Snyder, Robert Sarver, Jerry Richardson. These are not mistakes. Donald Sterling, these are habits, disgusting habits. And if you can't run a franchise and an organization in a healthy way, then you shouldn't be able to hold on to your investment. If you're going to be voted out, then you should have that ability to be voted out. And that cast that you put in, it should be an L. It really should be. But nobody will do that because the owners are afraid because they out here, a lot of them doing dirt and they don't want to be next. There should be a mechanism that actually protects the people who work for the organizations. So these aren't owners don't run around 
and run amok. That's the only thing I find real wrong with this Robert Sarver situation is that he does this, and the worst thing that he walks away with is a bruised ego when he has hurt other people much more, and then he walks away with a couple hundred. He shouldn't be rewarded. He should take the L, not the people who had to suffer under his, his power, under his ownership. That I find disgusting, and that I certainly hope and wish a lot more players speak up about because he didn't learn the lesson from Sterling. Sarver didn't learn. There's going to be someone else who doesn't learn too. This is going to continue, and I give it only a few years before somebody is next. But I'm glad Robert Sarver is gone. We've heard some names about who might purchase the team next, and we'll see what happens. It's the JR Sport Reshow here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We have Bernie Williams coming up later this hour, 855-212-4CBS. But before we keep things moving, I have something very special that I must share with you. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code JRSports to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code JRSports only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be present in state where lawful to wager. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Opt-in required. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. JR wants to hear from you. Call him now at 855 212 4CBS. That's 855 212 4227. That's right. It's the JR Sport Re Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. And guess what? It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help you troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free. Restrictions apply. So, get in the zone. Auto zone. We opened up the show by talking about Robert Sarver, Phoenix Suns owner, owner of the Phoenix Mercury. Earlier today, he released a statement saying that, yeah, I'm going to sell the team. And why not? Life was just going to be a living hell for him if he decided to do so. It would cause harm not only to him as some stubborn-ass billionaire, 
but also negative attention that the league wouldn't want, that the players wouldn't want. It was best that he leave and count his money on the way out the door, which I explained to you, which is an unfortunate situation that, quote unquote, boys can behave badly and still get paid on the way out, which shouldn't be the case. Is it unlikely that any of these individuals that the owners are going to hold themselves accountable? No, because they don't want to be next. They don't want to lay forth an, 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 an edict or rule that says, hey, if you're a complete jerk and you get voted out, you lose your investment. They, they don't want to do such a thing. And what else is new? This happens in, in society every day, not just with basketball teams. And it's unfortunate and it is disgusting. And so that's why I think if you're capable of speaking up when someone is being mistreated or you happen to be in an environment of such, then you do. And it can suck. It can be difficult to kind of roll forth because people put their behinds on the line to do it. LeBron James tweeted out a very simple message earlier today after Sarver announced that he would be selling. He said, I'm proud to be a part of a league committed to progress. And so... There was a name that was trending in the NFL after the fact. Has nothing to do with Robert Sarver. His name is Daniel Snyder. I even tweeted out a message today. And I said, hey, who's, who's the worst owner in pro sports? And the name Daniel Snyder popped up more than anyone else. His name is a name that we have discussed here on the show plenty of times over. And there isn't the same type of accountability in the NFL. Obviously, it is a larger league, more teams, more players. It's more established than the NBA has been. It makes more money. It's been around 100-plus years now at this point. And they have their own issues. They also don't hand out guaranteed contracts. Unless you happen to be Deshaun Watson, and yeah, you're bad and poor behavior, it gets rewarded because you can play good quarterback. So let's bring you in and hand you over 230 guaranteed. But if there were NFL players who wanted to stand up or threaten in the same way that NBA players would, then, then yeah, maybe Daniel Snyder would be gone. This man was basically threatened to change the name after he said years ago he will never, ever change the name. Well, the numbers in the bottom line certainly kind of made that happen, right? And now they're called Shep. What, what, what is their stupid name now? What are the Commanders? Yes. Yeah, between commanders and guardians, I don't. Ah, this this stuff is ridiculous. It's a lot. But, yeah. yeah, it's it's but, over. It's overkill. It's over the top. Which one? Both. Yeah. Well, they're the commanders, and I can tell. Uh, I, I know there are a lot of people, and I got these messages in D.C. that wish Daniel Snyder would be the next to go. Maybe the clock is ticking on him to do something else ridiculous. Um. I'm sure he's going to do something in a year or two that will get his ass out of here. Uh, let's get to the phone lines before we get to Bernie Williams. Bernie, New York Yankees legend, is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Uh, Jimmy from Myrtle Beach, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing tonight? Listen, Very well. What's on your what mind? should be done, if these owners do these things, sexual harassment, racist comments, any kind of moral produce, there should be a clause for the owners Yes, you can sell your team, but anybody who was harmed by your action has a right to come back and sue you for some of your profit and dividends. Yeah, I don't dispute that at all. 
I per- I personally, and thank you, Jimmy, for calling from Myrtle Beach, I-, I don't care what it is. Whether it's the victims getting a piece of the pie, whether it's the money going towards a charity, that there shouldn't be a golden parachute for bad behavior. But here's the problem. The people who have the power at the top of the pyramid, they don't want it coming back around them. They don't want something to potentially happen where they get kicked in the ass and now they lose out. Well, what's so difficult? There should be a standard that's set. If you are not encouraging bad behavior, if you're not participating in bad behavior, then then what you got to worry about? You don't have a damn thing to worry about. And I know we live in a litigious world. We live in a he he said, she said world. But they are extreme examples. And what took place with Robert Sarver, what has taken place with Robert Sarver, is an extreme example. You know, I've heard a lot of scenarios. Uh, people talk about, well, Robert Sarver, if people saw me at the my worst moment, I don't want to be judged on my worst moment. This man had 20 years of, quote, unquote, worst moments. How many worst or bad moments do you need before you go, man, that, that guy's just a piece of garbage? What was it? He talked about the woman's weight. What is it? When he tried to organize the women's only meetings so the women had an understanding of what was expected of them? This is what Robert Sarver did. Was it sitting at a, a meeting with a prospective free agent and saying, oh, well, well, yeah, let me tell this story uh, and use the N-word when they already told him after a game, you shouldn't say it. How many more instances? What is it? Yelling at or cursing at an employee in public? Is it telling crude and sexual jokes? Is it pulling one of your employees' pants now, thinking it's a joke? Over 20 years, how many more of these issues do we need before you go, man, you just need to get the hell out. And that $400 million that you put in, it's gone. And so, yeah, by the way, it's been reported that Bob Iger of of Disney and Jeff Bezos of Amazon our prospective buyers for the Phoenix Suns. What a shock and what a surprise. These guys are worth billions, and Bezos has been trying to get his hands on just about everything. He'll deliver packages to your house next time. I don't know what he's going to do. Let's see if he gets the Suns. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, Robert Sarver, complete clown. We're going to go ahead and and take a break. And when we come back, we're not going to talk to a complete clown. We're going to talk to one of the classiest individuals that you will ever listen to in your life. His name is Bernie Williams, four-time World Series champ, multiple-time All-Star with the Yankees. He is a legend. He's also a Grammy nominee. Shout-outs to Bernie. We're going to talk to him about Aaron Judge and all the amazing things that he's doing. And, yeah, Bernie will be at Yankee Stadium doing something pretty cool for a good cause. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. It's the JR Sport Brief show right here with you on CBS Sports Radio, and we are being joined right now by someone who is a four time World Series champion. He's a Latin Grammy nominee. He's a New York Yankees legend. He's going to be playing the national anthem at the Yankees game tomorrow. 
And then also, he's here for an excellent cause. That's why he's going to be at the Yankees game, not just because of Judge. It's my main man, legend, Bernie Williams. Bernie, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Absolutely. I mean, I, that's a beautiful intro. You've accomplished so much. You've done so much. You're going to be at Yankee Stadium tomorrow. We're going to get into Aaron Judge and the Yankees and all of that. Why are you going to be at the stadium specifically tomorrow? You're doing something great in, in the health space. I want people to understand that first. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me for that. I think uh, it, it's it's really important uh, for people to understand, you know, why am I there? Uh, as you said, you know, besides uh, watching Judge hit a home run, uh, we are lunch, launching uh, uh, this uh, great campaign called Tune In to Long Health. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, it, it is a campaign that I have been involved with uh, uh, to, to raise awareness uh, about interstitial lung disease. Uh, my father died in 2001 from uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is one of these uh, forms of uh, interstitial lung disease. Uh, and uh, I've been involved with uh, Barry Ringer Ingelheim over the past uh, kind of seven years, raising awareness uh, first with a campaign called Breathless, uh, which was you know specifically dedicated for uh, to idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. But uh, uh, we're including all these other, there's about 200 types of uh, these interstitial lung diseases, uh, and uh, which idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis is just one of them. And uh, we have about 140,000 people living uh, with uh, uh, complications from these uh, diseases uh, in the United States. And uh, since it, it sort of touched me in a very profound way because of the passing of my father, uh, paying tribute to his life and all that he meant for me, I am uh, taking this initiative, uh, and uh, I think it, you know, it's really important for people to know it. No, that's a beautiful thing, man. I'm, I'm I'm doing a tour right now with Special Olympics just to talk about inclusive health. So I commend you for what you're doing, and that's that's tune into lunghealth.com is where people find out more information. Correct? That is correct. I yes. appreciate that. And then from from the, the the music side, you've been able to tie all that together. I know people remember you playing center field for the Yankees and those high batting averages into the 300s. A lot of people don't do that anymore. All the runs driven in. How have you been able to tie in music to your, your career post-life? We know you play the guitar, but now you've been nominated for Grammys, et cetera. How have you been able to transition that in your career? Well, uh, the music thing has always been in my life. I was, uh, uh, in addition to practicing sports as a, as a young kid, uh, my mother, which was uh, an, educa uh, an educator uh, in the public education system in Puerto Rico, where I grew up, was very adamant about uh, having us, me and my brother, you know, having exposure to the arts, music, and sports in her interest of having us being well-rounded, educated. Uh, little that she knew that, you know, years later, I was going to take this journey of being a professional uh, uh, baseball player uh, for the New York Yankees. Uh, but I always kept music in my mind and in my heart. Uh, and it's a, you know, really cool thing that you mentioned it because uh, tune into Long Health, you know, this campaign that I'm in really encompasses all these uh, elements of uh, music, uh, breathing, uh, uh, and all that into uh, to put them in an effort to help people. Uh, so uh, music has always been 
a really important part of my life. And as a matter of fact, I went to the Manhattan School of Music after I retired from baseball and have a, 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 and a pursuing a degree of a jazz performance. Uh, so I uh, graduated in 2016, and I've been uh, performing as a professional uh, guitar player in the city, uh, you know, like another cat looking for a gig here in the city, you know, and if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. So I was just able to make it as a baseball player and now having this uh, great uh, second half of my life, just doing a lot of things for the community uh, and, uh, you know, pursuing my musical, uh, uh, my journey as well in music. Yankees legend Bernie Williams is joining us here, the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. Well, man, you're going to be out there before the game <laughs> playing a national anthem. Aaron Judge, what, what are your thoughts on what he's been doing, Bernie? I know it's ridiculous. You, you played center field. He's in that spot that you used to man. What do you think about them guy? Well, the fact that he is doing it, uh, uh, being aware of the, the historical context that he is in, uh, you know, surpassing, you know, most likely uh, the Babe, uh, you know, and, and Roger Maris. Uh, he has a great opportunity to put his stamp in the history books on an on a individual accomplishment in, in the season. But uh, I think the one thing that impresses me the most about him is the fact that he is not really making that the focus of his season. He is uh, uh, so, uh, you know, committed to have the team itself win a championship that all these accolades and all these things that are happening to him uh is almost like he's seeing them as a burden you know he, they're on the way of him you know doing what he needs to do and needs to focus on having this team the team itself the yankees win a championship so that to me that's a, a commendable thing in this day and age what everybody's about is all about self-promoting and social media and all that stuff having this sort of team-oriented attitude uh, and him uh, just being in the history books, you know, with the season that he's having, you know, uh, he's just short a couple of points. I, I think to the, uh, today he is, he is leading the league in batting average. He's uh, obviously surpassing everybody in home runs and uh, runs batter in as well. So, I mean, he's putting a season for the ages. The fact that he's doing it now when the time counts, though, he has such great leverage to, uh, uh, you know, negotiate a new deal. Uh, he's just putting everything together at the right time, in the right place, in the right city. I, I, he's just living the dream. And I thought I was living the dream playing for the Yankees. He's living the dream right now. Absolutely. Bernie Williams is here with us, New York Yankees legend. Man, you lived the dream with the Yankees. Uh, four championships. You played in center field. We know Judge played in right. Now he's in center. You, Bernie, know about gold glove caliber defense. How much is, is that kind of not even paid attention to? We know he's a home run hitter. Now he's batting for average. He spent the majority of this year running around in center field. Talk about that. You know how that is. Yes, I think, you know, to his credit, to Aaron's credit, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for his defense. I think he's very underrated when it comes to that uh, because his offense is so, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's just so great. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it, uh, it's really important to, to mention the fact that he's a, a great all around player, not only, you know, his defense and his offense is a good base runner and, uh, even more important than anything else, he is just a great presence in that clubhouse. Uh, you know, we had an have had an opportunity to be there, uh, with all the players, uh, you know, at, uh, Paul O'Neill's retirement, uh, number ceremony, 
uh, number retire ceremony, and we had a, a chance to address, you know, the the clubhouse, uh, and it was uh, to the initiative of uh, Aaron Judge. I mean, he, he's emerging as one of the leaders, uh, undisputed leaders of that clubhouse, uh, and uh, he just has his, uh, you know, his whole game. In a, in a great place going right now and and he i mean that's a lot to be said about the fact that he's a, an all-around player you know you talk about people like uh, otani and, and uh, mike trout and, and people that, that really put a lot of emphasis on their defense as well as their offense and, and he is right there with all of them well bernie i want to ask you this you, you mentioned this he's going to get paid do you see a scenario where he is in another uniform besides the pinstripes next season well, I learned to understand that uh, nothing is for granted, and especially in this game, uh, you know, this day and age when you have, you know, a lot of people uh, changing, you know, teams and, uh, uh, you know, trying to look for a, a better situation for themselves and their families. Uh, the fact that, you know, even him, you know, now the one thing that I would say that might be working against him is the fact that he's 30. I think the burden is on him to look for the best situation that he can get it himself into uh, for the next years of his career to to maximize uh, his potential and his market value. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I wouldn't see it as a surprise if he ends up in another team. Uh, I am kind of biased and I'm thinking that I think the Yankees will uh, miss a great opportunity if they don't sign him right now because I think he's about to give the best years of his career uh, to a team, to the team that signs him right now. Uh, so I would like the Yankees to be that team, you know, obviously because I'm biased. But, uh, I mean, I know I understand that he uh, has ties on the West Coast. So that might be a little bit uh, appealing to him as well. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, time Only time will tell, uh, you know, where he ends up being. But I think that he was able to take care of business on the field bet on himself saying, I'm not going to have any distractions, you know, for this year, I'm just going to let my bat and my glove and my play talk for itself. And then when the year's over, let's see what, you know, where that takes me. And uh, I just commend him uh, greatly because he took that measure and uh, it's paying off for him. And did it in a, a classy way. Bernie, as we wrap up here, you're a, a Yankee legend and I want you to get the love and receive it while you're right here on the JR Sport Reshow. You talked about Paul O'Neill and his number retirement. We just talked about Judge. We we know about Jeter. You were awesome in your own right, Bernie. So I just wanted to say that. And as a as a follow up, you played with amazing players. You you were one of them. Judge is having a crazy season. Is there any one player that you looked at, one of your teammates, and said, "This year that this guy is having is bananas"? Any one guy stand out? Well. I think that, you know, I think that's probably one of the things that makes the teams in my era uh, a little a little bit more special. I think the fact that we never really had that one person that you would say, hey, you, we have to stop this guy. And if we stop that guy, we have the team. I think the team really had this sort of mentality that everybody is a, a threat. Uh, you know, everybody in the lineup, you know, from the from the first one to the ninth, you know, there's no holes in this lineup. You cannot pitch around somebody to, to get to anybody. And that thing that I think that that particular aspect of our team was our strength rather than our weakness. I think we, you know, did a great job leaning on each other, working the counts, you know, having the, the opposition pitchers going into their bullpen early 
And then if we had any kind of lead at the end of the game, we had arguably the best closer in the history of the game, closing the games for us. So there's not one guy that we could say, hey, this guy's hitting like 40, 50 home runs. We got to stop that guy. It was all spread around the lineup. And, uh, you know, like I said before, that's, that was one of our strengths. Hey, well, number 51, Bernie Williams was a key part of that. Last question before I let you go, Bernie. Rule changes, baseball. We see that they're coming. We got a slightly larger bases. We got pitch clocks coming and for the batters to stand as well. What do you think about the evolution or at least trying to keep the game on speed, even the defensive alignments? Well, I think that is uh, rather what you said, what you said uh, after trying to keep the game up to speed to, you know, the society that we're living in right now. It's all about time. It's all about the precious time that people have to dedicate it to certain, you know, things in their life. And I think baseball is one of these things. Uh, I think, you know, this uh, aspect of timelessness that the game has in many way, ways work against the game uh, because everybody's so time, uh, you know, consuming, you know, you have certain, you know, uh, allow yourself certain amount of time to see and do certain things. Uh, in these days of you just kind of leisurely spending three and a half, four, five and a half hours watching a baseball game, it's, it might be a thing of the past. So the game has to sort of catch up to that. Uh, I am not, you know, in, 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 against that. You know, I would like to be, would like for them to be careful so they don't tinker with the essence of the game itself and make it something that it, it might be a recognizable later so i would like them to you know implement all these changes that are you know supposed to be geared uh to you know better the experience of you know for the fans and and people watching and uh but at the same time i like the game you know the way it was you know when i was playing so i don't want them to to mess uh, mess too much with that yeah i think a lot of us miss the style of play when you are out there playing Bernie, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on. I thank you for coming through and encouraging everybody to, to check out TuneIn to Lung Health, and we'll certainly go ahead and share that information. You have any final words as to, to get people involved? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tune in to lunghealth.com. Uh, it's, it's a great cause, interstitial lung disease, uh, 140,000 people, uh, you know, suffering for conditions associated with these. Uh, spread the word. Uh, just get people to get into the, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, website where they can find information so they can educate themselves against, you know, uh, you know, about this disease. Uh, it took my dad's life away in 2001. And uh, I think it's really important for people to know this information. Uh, and uh, I hope that it helps a lot of people. Well, thank you, Bernie. You have always been one of the good guys. You're a great guy. I know you're going to be at the stadium when Judge probably hits another home run. You'll be there to witness that. I'm going to come through and witness one of your shows, man. I got to come show Bernie the support. I know John Sterling, we talk about him a lot. One of his best calls was burn baby burn. And I'm going to see you. <laughs> I'm going to see you burn baby burn on the stage. I'm going to come through sooner than later, Bernie. Okay. Oh man. I'll, I'll hold you to that, man. You'll have a great time, man. Absolutely. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time at one of Bernie's shows. And I'm going to have a good time on the other side of the break as well. When we come back, we're going to talk about Judge. We'll talk about Sarver. We'll talk about Mike Evans, Tom Brady, his suspension, Mayweather, McGregor. We got a lot to do. Much love to Bernie Williams. This is the JR Sport Brief Show here on CBS Sports Radio.
I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.